They were singing a song a while ago about, I just like to have a little place right beside my mother. Yeah. Like to live beside my mother. Yeah. That's right. That's the reason I'm here tonight. I had a dear, sweet mother that loved God and brought her children up in the nurture and admonition of God and told us that there was a better way to live than to live in sin and also told us that the wages of sin was death. That the gift of God was in that condition. They want to please the Lord. They want to serve God, but they haven't got the power. They had that. Even we had some that composed a song. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. The one that has that experience has still got the sinful nature in their heart. But I'll tell you, the sanctified people got a hold of that same old song one day, and they revised it. And they said, I am thine, holy thine, prone to wonder never. Sanctified by power divine, all the Lord's forever. That's the difference. That's the difference. For then if I do that which I would not, I consent that the law is good. Yeah. Wasn't nothing wrong with the law. No. Wasn't nothing wrong with thou shalt not steal. No. Wasn't nothing wrong with thou shalt not kill. There wasn't nothing wrong with thou shalt not covet. Right. There wasn't nothing wrong with thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, oh. soul, mind, and strength. That was all right. Yeah, that was all right. And the intention of that was to show a man that he needed God. That's right. That's what the intention That's of the right. law was. The law showed a man that he couldn't please God and live after the law. There had to be something else take place in his heart and life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now then, this is the 17th verse. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. That's it. Now that's what causes every man to sin. That's right. Is the sinful nature that's in their heart. And every man that has a sinful nature in their heart today is a sinner. That's right. That's right. That's right. They are. Yeah, that makes him a sinner. That's what makes you sinners. That's right. The only difference between a child of God and a child of the devil is Christ. That's the difference. That's the difference. If you've got Jesus Christ abiding in your heart, He'll keep you free from sin. Yes, He will. That's right. Therefore, being made free from sin, we have our fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Now we find then that if I do not, if I do the things that I would not, it's no more I, but sin that dwelleth in me. Then he got down here in desperation, and he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, how can I get deliverance? How can I live to please the Lord with this sinful nature? Every time I try, well, I fail. Well, I want to tell you, Jesus is the one that can deliver. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where we get the deliverance from this inbred sin. Now we find a man over here in the... 27th chapter of Matthew that thought that he could live to please the Lord in a converted state. 
without the, the sinful nature being cleansed out of his heart. Jesus said, all of you shall be offended because of me. All of you shall be offended because of me. He was talking to his disciples. Yeah, the ones he picked up. The ones that he had chosen to follow him. The ones he had picked out to carry the gospel after he was gone. He said, all of you shall be offended because of me. But Peter said, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And he meant it with all of his heart. He meant it with all of his heart. He just was sure, just as sure as he was living, that he was willing to die for Jesus. And I'll tell you, when a man gets his sins forgiven, when he gets a good case of old-time conversion, why, he would rather die than to deny the Lord. He had. Likewise also said all of the disciples. Now, I haven't got time to read what transpired, but that was Jesus. He went into the garden and prayed, and then they came out there with swords and staves to take him, and they took him away like he was a criminal, and they took him to the judgment hall to judge him there, and Peter stood without. He followed He followed Jesus afar off. Oh, some folks yeah, too trying far. to follow Jesus that way today. Yeah. Kind of remind me, a sister Abby told one time about a young man, you know, that went to the harvest fields and they told him, said, you are not go over there to the harvest fields because they're a wicked bunch that follows the harvest fields and there's no place for a sanctified man to be. And so he went on over there anyhow. And when he come back, they said, how'd you make out? He said, fine. Nobody found out I was sanctified while I was gone. I'll tell you, he was a poor representative of being a Christian. Going out and working day after day among a bunch of men and nobody knowing he was sanctified. That's right. He wasn't a representative of the Lord, was he? Well, that was just about like Peter. Peter was way off there, you know, where nobody would recognize him. He didn't want anybody to associate him with Jesus. No, he didn't. He was afraid that if he got up there, if he got up there close, well, they'd say, well, I saw you with him. So he followed him afar off because he didn't want to be numbered with Jesus. And while they took him inside, you know, and they began to persecute Jesus, and they spit on him, and they, they mocked him, and they scoffed him, and while they were doing this, Jesus was standing without, looking in, and a maid come to him. Now, now uh, Peter was. Peter sat without the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied him before them all. Everybody around there heard him say, I don't know the man. I don't know him. Well, just a few hours before, he said, I'll die for you. Yeah, that's right. He meant it with all of his heart. But uh, he didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had already admonished him to not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the Holy Ghost. And you shall have power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He didn't have it when his sins was forgiven. He didn't have it at a converted state. He didn't have it because he wasn't yet sanctified by the Holy Ghost. That's right. Amen. 
And he denied him and says, I don't know what you say. And when he was going out into the porch, he said, I, I believe I better move from here. It began to kind of recognize me. And he went out into the porch. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him that were there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Point him out. This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. Well, that's pretty well a good way to find out whether a man's a, a Christian or not. If you hear him cursing and swearing, you can put it down in your book. He's not a Christian. Right. 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 Now, Peter knew a pretty good way to identify a fellow that wasn't a follower of Jesus. He denied him with an oath. And again, he denied him with an oath. And after a while... And after a while came unto him, they that stood by, and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Why, the way you talk, look like one of them fellows. You know, Peter was around there carrying conversation with him, you know. He said, You talk like one of them Galileans. And listen what happened. Then he began to curse and swear and says, I don't know the man. Oh, he was sincere just the two or three hours before. Oh, he meant that he would follow Jesus all the way. But when the testing time come, he didn't have the power. That's the way it is with everyone that just got their sins forgiven. If you went to God for the forgiveness of your sin, and you have known him in the pardon of your sin, haven't you found the time when you denied Jesus and you didn't want to, and you didn't mean to, and when it come to you, you had already flew the cup, so to speak. Yes, that's a converted person's experience. It's nothing unusual. It isn't something abnormal. As long as you have that sinful nature in your heart, when you would do good, evil will be present. And that evil is that sinful nature. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And as long as you have that inbred sin, as long as you have that sinful nature, you're not going to be able to live to please God. No matter how you try, you can make New Year's resolutions, you can make Easter resolutions, you can make resolutions when your mother passes away, or you lose some loved one in your family, but unless you surrender your heart to God and get cleansed from the inbred nature, you'll never be able to live to please God. It's not within man that walketh to direct his steps. Just ain't in it. Oh, it takes more than that. A man left alone, a man left to himself, all that he can do is live in sin. No wonder Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? 
It was a distressing situation. Oh, we find so many people, they give up trying. They get discouraged. They quit going to church. They say it ain't no use to try. Every time I try, I fail. And it's no use. Oh, don't give up. There's a remedy, my dear brothers and sisters. If you're not living to please God today, there's a remedy for it. And Jesus is the remedy. He said, I and the Father will come and take up our boat with you and abide with you forever. Don't you believe that'll keep you? Don't you believe if you have the abiding presence of God in your heart, it would keep you from the evil of the world? Yes, it will. The abiding presence of God will keep you. We're not preaching something unusual. We're not preaching something new. Why, when God spoke to Moses way back there in, in olden times, he said, Say unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Right. He's been calling for a holy people way back there. Is it anything wrong in living holy? If you live holy, will you cheat on your neighbor? Will you remove his landmark? No, it'll make you speak the truth to your neighbor. For David, a long time ago, he got desperate. He'd, he'd said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. The poison of an asp is under their tongue. And the way of peace they have not known. And he got desperate. He said, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? And who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Well, right. oh, you've got to get it in your heart. That's right. That's right. That's where it goes. Got to get it in your heart. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man, where does it come from? Oh, you can't blame it on the neighbor. You can't blame it on your lodge. You can't blame it on the place where you work. He said, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Either make the tree good and the fruit good, or the tree corrupt and the fruit corrupt, because a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. A fountain cannot bring forth bitter water and sweet water at the same time. And you never in your life saw a sinning Christian. Never will either. No, that don't work. And no such thing. There are just as many sinning Christians in this world today as there are truthful liars. You never saw a truthful liar, did you? You never saw a sinning Christian either. You know what the proclamation came to Mary said? Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. From them. Not in them, but from them. And I believe that everyone that has the abiding presence of God in their heart today is living a life free from sin. 
And if you're not living a life free from sin today, it's because you don't have the abiding presence of God. I'm just going to talk to you plain. You know, you might be some folks in this house that professes to be sanctified that hadn't got the abiding presence of God, and I'm meaning this for you too. You need it too. Ain't no need of us going around here fooling ourselves. If we don't live right, if we don't live holy, we're going to miss heaven just like any other thing. Belonging to this church is not going to save you. Standing up on this stand ain't going to make you sanctified. But I'll tell you what it will. The blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. That's what will clean you up. You know, I, I read where Paul said, My little children, in whom I travail and birth with you, till the Holy Ghost be renewed in you again. And you know, sometimes I think some folks need another recharge of the Holy Ghost. You take an old battery and it gets kind of weak and it won't start, it won't start the car. I've seen them when you had to turn off the lights in order for it to crank them over. Well, what they need was a recharge. That's what they needed. That battery needed a recharge. And if you in the spirit have got it, if you got so weak that you can't live, treat your brother right, or your wife right, or your neighbor right, you just need a recharge. You know, you can neglect recharging a battery until it won't be any good. You get a dead cell. Now the only way when you got a dead cell is get a renew. Get a new battery. Get new power. Well, well, let me go on my lesson. I don't know whether I'm going to have time for this or not. I'm going to have to quit. Peter thought that he had what it took. But when the testing time came, he didn't. Jesus had told him, says, you're going to deny me now. Before the cock crows, you'll deny me thrice. Before the cock crows, you'll deny me thrice. And so when Peter... Denied him the third time, he remembered the words of Jesus. He remembered the words of Jesus because the cock crew, and he went out and wept bitterly. Oh, so many times I've seen people do that. I've seen people fail to serve God. You know, the devil had just soon get people to claim to be sanctified when their sins is forgiven as anybody else. And you know, I think the reason a lot of folks fail to live sanctified, they claim it, they don't get it. They don't get it. If they would tarry for the power of the Holy Ghost, he said, you would be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the utmost parts of the earth. You'd witness for it. Some folks ain't witnessed for the Lord since this camp meeting's been going on. That's right. I tell you, he said, you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. If you want to be an overcomer, speak out for God. Witness for him. Tell people that Jesus saves today. 
Ain't what you was 40 years ago. We can get a whole lot of 40 years ago testimonies, but what we need is up-to-date testimony. What is God doing for you today? Is He keeping you above sin today? Has He filled you with the Holy Ghost today? It ain't what you was yesterday. It's what you are today. Then Peter wept bitterly. He repented, didn't he? But then he says, I'm going fishing. And he went down there fishing, and Jesus found him again right where he found him the first time. That's where he found him. Right where he found him the first time. You know, when you lose your experience, it ain't no need to try to pack it up. Ain't a bit of need to try to pack it up. Just go back and start all over again and get the work complete. Jesus don't patch up things. He does a complete job. He makes a man a new man. He gives him a new heart. He gives him a right spirit. And he takes and he takes all things away and he makes all things new. Is that right? Oh, it looks like everybody that wants to be a Christian tonight would listen to what I'm telling them and say, That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I need. I need power to live above sin. I need power to keep my promise to God. Why, why did Jesus tell the woman caught in the act of adultery, Go and sin no more. What in the world was he telling her that if it wasn't possible? It was possible. He said, go and sin no more. And he, he made it possible that we could live a life free from sin down here. A lot of people said you can't. But let's see what the Scripture says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoso keepeth my commandments... He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father also, and I and my Father will come and take up our abode with them and abide with them forever. Is that long enough? Well, mine's lasted over 40 years. Mine lasted over 40 years. When I got sanctified, I was just as full of pep for a 16-year-old boy as a 16-year-old boy could stick. I loaded with it then, and I'm still loaded. Yeah, yeah. yeah it don't get old. No, it don't get old. Renew every day. And being a, this is found in the first chapter of Acts. And being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Yeah, that's right. That's what he called. This is after he had ascended. Yeah. I mean, after he rose from the dead, before he ascended up on high. He had met with them 40 days with many infallible proofs. Yeah. Why, he, he had one old disciple there that said, I couldn't believe it unless I put my hand in his side and I touched the nail prints in his hand and then I'd believe. But when he got there to that old boy and he said, Thomas, they put your hand in my side yeah. feel the nail prints. He said, Lord, I believe. Yeah. Oh, what did he promise us? He said, blessed are you because you see and believe, but blessed are they that believe that don't see. That took, That's what you got to do. That took me in. Yeah, that took me in. Now, don't, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. 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 
Wait for the promise of the Father. Oh, it pays to wait. You know, a lot of folks want to get in a hurry. But he said, wait. You know, the difference in waiting and being in a hurry? Yeah, the difference in waiting. Some folks get in such a big hurry, they don't get it. It's more, more to getting the Holy Ghost and feeling happy. I felt happy when I got my sins forgiven. I felt so happy, I didn't even feel like praying. I felt like shouting. I felt like telling it. I remember running over to Aunt Nettie's. She lived a couple of doors from, from where I was when I got my sins forgiven that Monday morning, yeah. the, thir- the 29th day of August in 1921. I can tell you the time. I can take it to the place. Yeah. Take it to the place. I can tell you what I was reading in the Word of God. I was reading where it said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And I found myself saying, Lord, I know I've sinned. And I read the next verse, and it said, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us. And I believe it meant me. And when I believed it meant me, my sins was forgiven. And I went over to Aunt Nettie, and I said, Aunt Nettie, I believe my sins is forgiven. She said, Ray, can't you say you know they're forgiven? Oh, there's a big difference in believing a thing and knowing a thing. When I said I know they're forgiven, it looked like I got another gift. I've been knowing they're forgiven ever since, too. Been knowing it. I didn't stop there, though. It took me all day to tell it. That was about 9 o'clock in the morning. I didn't get through. Even they had church that night. Didn't get through church. Didn't even want to pray then. I want to tell it. Tell it, tell it, tell it. Everybody got around. Want to tell it. Tell it, tell it, tell it. Yeah, you know, before then, I was telling jokes. And and I always trying to be the clown in, in the crowd, you know. But when, when the Lord forgive me of my sin, well, I want to tell them what the Lord had done for me. Yeah, yeah. The Lord forgive me of my sin. And they said, listen, no way. He said, he done gone to preaching already. Yeah. Ever when my sin was forgiven. Well, next night, well, the next day, I done found out that I didn't have the filling power. I kind of had a kind of a bad feeling, you know. I felt like something was missing. I was missing. Something was missing. I wasn't complete. I didn't know what it was. I'd been told that I needed to be sanctified. And so I said, that must be what it is. And I began to pray. And I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. Sister Dilla was there. She knows what I'm talking about. And I, I wasn't scared to pray either. I wasn't one of these fellas, when it went up to the altar, you couldn't tell whether to sleep or praying. I don't believe them much in that kind of prayer. When you get up here and you can't tell whether they're praying or asleep, there's something wrong. They need waking up. I called on the Lord with all my heart. I thought he was a long ways off. I didn't know that the word was nigh thee, even in thy heart. I didn't know that. I thought he must be a couple of blocks away at least. And that's the way I was praying, like he's about two blocks away. Didn't have no loudspeakers in either. But the Lord gave me a built-in loudspeaker. I guess y'all found that out tonight. (laughs) About nine o'clock that night... I was kneeling down by the bedside of my dear old mother. And there was a gang of crowd of our folks there was having a prayer meeting at our house. The crowd of our folks was there, you know, and they was telling me how to pray. Ray, 
Tell the Lord that you'll do anything He wants you to do if you'll just sanctify Him. And I said, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. And I remember the last thing I told the Lord for sanctify me. I said, Lord, I'd rather die than not to be sanctified. And when I did die out to myself and sin, the Lord come into my heart. That's when it did come. You know, you got to die before you can be raised from the dead. Amen. Don't leave Jerusalem now. Wait to the promise of the Father. And you shall receive power. Now, you see, Peter didn't have this power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the utmost parts of the earth. And while he was speaking, he was taken up from them. And over here in the second chapter of Acts, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and there came a mighty sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it set on all them that were in the house, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. He didn't say an unknown tongue. A lot of folks think that's some kind of jibber-jabber that nobody could understand. But it says there was people from every nation under heaven there, and they understood them in the language wherein they were born. Instead of being an unknown tongue, it was a well-known tongue. Everybody there understood them in their own language. That's what he said. And some says, Malkin says, these are drunk. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't blame them sometimes when you look at the way some of the sanctified people reel and rock. You might think they're drunk, but I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit's got a hold of them. You can, you can reel and rock if you got the Holy Spirit. It won't, won't frighten me a bit. So these folks are drunk. But Peter's standing up with the eleven. That's a man that he done got the Holy Ghost. Well, that was all he needed. If he'd have had it there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he never would have denied Jesus. No, he wouldn't have stood before Pilate. He'd have been right up there witnessing with Jesus before Pilate. But Jesus didn't have a witness for him. He didn't, not a blind man went up there and said, he, he called me to see. Not a lame man went up there and said, he called me to walk. Or they didn't have the power. But I'll tell you, when the Holy Spirit yeah. came on Peter, he stood up and said, this is that. This is that. These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. But this is that. They were spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And all my servants and all my handmaids will I pour out of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. That's what happened here. That's the reason we got women preachers. Some folks said women haven't got no business preaching. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about when they say women ain't got no business preaching. Women sure played a big part in taking this world away from God. 
The Bible says they were the first one in disobedience. They were the first one in, I believe we call it, of a worse word than that, said first one in transgression. That's what it said. Your women, your daughters, shall prophesy. Well, he went on preaching, he preached and preached. He hadn't been to college, but I tell you, he'd been to the Lord. I don't read where Peter ever went to college, but he sure didn't know something about the Lord. He knew something about David. He knew something about Abraham. He knew something about Samuel. And he just started preaching and preaching, and they were pricked in their hearts. The people that were mocking, the people that ganged up there to see what was going on were pricked in their hearts and they said, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? And Jesus said, and Peter said unto them, Repent. That's the first work of grace. You'll never get sanctified on an old conversion. If you have sinned since you were last converted, you'll have to be forgiven again before you can be sanctified. So we can safely say, repent. Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. That's a good place to get baptized, ain't it? Some folks wonder if they got baptized in the right place. Well, if you get baptized in the name of Jesus, you got baptized in the right place. I heard folks say, you know, they got baptized in a in a pond, and they thought, and they didn't get the blessing, so they thought it was because they got baptized in still water, and they wanted to get baptized in the, in running water. So they got down in the creek and got it. Well, water, I'm I'm not against water. Water's good in its place. It'll sure wash you clean on the outside, but it'll take the blood of Christ to cleanse the inside. Take the blood of Christ. So he said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. When you get your sins forgiven, then ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You won't get it before you get your sins forgiven. I just wish I had more time to tell you about it, but the Holy Ghost is what is needed. If you haven't got power to live above sin tonight, tarry in Jerusalem until you get the power of the Holy Ghost. Make a place, make an altar between you and God, and there, stay there until you know that you have fellowship with Him and that His presence abides in your heart. Then you can have the experience of that dear old blind sister that sang, My Savior comes and walks with me, and sweet communion here. This is heaven's border. My dear brothers and sisters and friends, if you haven't tasted to see the loving Savior, when you think of dying that cruel death on the cross, just remember He died for you. Will you accept Him tonight as your Savior? Will you take Him to be your Jesus and your guide and your Savior tonight? He wants to come and abide at your house. May I admonish you now to let Him in. Pray for me. Amen. Amen.